0: The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network.
1: All right, people, take out your notebooks and pencils and slide rules. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio with true geeks. And by the way, I'm B. Snyder, and I'm a geek too. Welcome
0: to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. And good to see you guys. Man, a lot happened in this past week with uh, stuff that we talked about last week.
2: Just a few things, yeah.
0: Right. There's a lot that we talked about last week. As
3: like this just happened, and yeah. Now it's stuff. Is I know, right? To Tom Brady is
2: retiring. Holy <laughs>
0: crap! It, it you know, it was kind of funny. That's the way the World Wide Web works. The internet is that a rumor gets out, and everybody right away picks up on it. Then somebody comes out and says, "No, no, 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 no," because I don't think they were ready. They didn't
2: want to make yeah, that no, announcement. Yeah. You know, on a on a day where there's no news crews. No, well, it was Adam Schefter's fault. You know, Adam Schefter is like the premier leaker of NHL or NFL news, right? You know, and I, I have a feeling that Tom Tom Brady had a conversation with one of his friends and said, "You know, I, I'm I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about retiring." And Adam Schefter was like sitting in the background, but behind his friend at the, <laughs> the diner, was and was like, up. "Wait, wait, what?" <laughs> and then he immediately tweeted it, and boom, everything blew up. Yeah,
0: that was uh, that was pretty big news. Uh, so now we know the teams that are going to be playing in the
2: Super Bowl and we're not tying it with an ad. How we can call it the Super Bowl. those Bengals? You think the Bengals? How about them? Huh? How about them beating the Chiefs? Okay, I know this is not a sports show, but holy cow. Yeah. That was an amazing game. Yeah. But yes, I think it. And it, here's funny. I heard this on Facebook today. This is true. Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys, has been playing for six years and has been paid $180 million and has yet to reach The Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the Bengals, in his first year, is going to the Bengals or going
0: going to the Uh, Bengals going to the the Super Bowl. (laughs) Right, right.
2: (laughs) Come on, that's
0: that's amazing. So you're predicting the Bengals, Sean? Absolutely.
3: An interesting fact I learned today. We were talking about it at work. This is the first time a Super Bowl team has played in their own stadium.
2: No, it is not. Last year, last year Tampa Bay oh yeah tampa bay yeah. played in their own stadium and won this year it's the second time in history
0: i oh.
3: must have done for some reason we were talking about it it was the first yeah. time but no yes.
0: guess it's the we second time wrong. so the second game is time. happening at sofi in los angeles yes. right yes okay. and that's
2: the home of the rams right. last year was tampa bay the home of the bucks and they won
0: okay okay
2: hmm. So Sean's going to go in there armed with new info tomorrow. <laughs> of course. No, 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 no. Sean's going to go and look this up because he doesn't believe me, but that's cool.
3: I am going to look it up, but tomorrow I might not be able to go into work because we're supposed to get a foot of snow overnight. Oh, yeah. So are we. So are we. It's pretty much snarled traffic around here. It's It's been warmer here. You go to the eastern side of the state and a little bit into uh, Ohio, and it's been a lot worse. But we're projected to get over a foot of snow tonight, and Oof. it was raining really, really hard when I came home
0: from work.
2: Oh my gosh! Now you're gonna get ice underneath that snow. Oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna
0: be a miserable tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Oh, now, for listeners who don't know, Sean is in South Bend, Indiana, and then uh, Justin. See, I think when I when I when Justin and winter comes, I think it's always snowing. I think it's
2: like sure. you know, it's like it's perpetual actually, that's, snow. That's, that's, that is that's a very much uh, misnomer. I mean, like I would think that where Sean is at obviously gets more snow. Denver. Does not get a lot of snow because it's considered the high desert. You know, we're a mile high. That's why they call it the mile high city. Right. Uh, Our snowy season doesn't really start until mid-January, and then it ramps up in February and March. March is the snowiest month in Colorado. And then right after March, boom, everything melts, and it's spring. And it's beautiful there. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Like last March. Last March, we got hit with a massive blizzard. I, It was so funny because when it started, I posted on Facebook like, hey, everybody's talking about we're supposed to get two feet of snow, and this is it? Like, And I took a picture of it outside, and it was like one inch of snow, right? And it was at nighttime. I wake up the next morning. It was literally two feet of snow, and I posted on Facebook. I was like, well... I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things I like that we didn't really get last year. I mean,
0: there were some, there were some, but honestly, uh, the ads, the Super Bowl ads, you know, they'll, they'll get the ads that run during the big game. Yeah. Right. And it looks like Nissan has put together one that's going to be good with Dave Bautista. And it's an action type of one, you know, promoting their products. And there's some other ones now with Guy Fieri is going to be one. It's kind of cool
2: to see that's coming well, back. Budweiser is coming back right? with their commercials, which is they always make good commercials. But Coca-Cola is still not going to do Super Bowl commercials, which is interesting. It's the second year in a row. Wow. Well, that's, they're very expensive, the ads. And I think a lot of people are going to be tuned in for
0: the game this year. Yeah, a lot of people are going to uh, be oh, watching it.
2: Seth Rogen oh. and Paul Rudd are doing a commercial, and it's for Lay's. And then also you've got Steve Buscemi and Peyton Manning doing a commercial together. Right. There's going to be a lot of really good commercials this year. Well, a lot
0: of people, you know, the question comes in, and you're going to start to see a lot of people now, a lot of vendors, a lot of manufacturers starting to promote, you know, hey, we got these big TVs for the big game. They want people to buy televisions. And, you know, the thing is that we've had people ask us before, all right, I finally want to upgrade. They have maybe, you know, a 27-inch television that's uh, 720p, and it's time to get them. I've seen ads, yep. but the problem is a lot of people they get into the store and they start looking. They go, "Okay, look at this one." It's a, I've seen advertised prices on you know 1080 1080ps going for pretty good price under 200 bucks. Oh yeah, which you think about it, you know, eight years ago it was you know seven eight hundred dollars. So the question is, what do people need to look for? And I figured you guys, if somebody is going to go out and they're going to buy a television, what is overkill? And, you know, what is going to be a, a good for somebody who wants to just go up from a 720p to maybe something with HDMI ports on it? You know, what is a good brand? What should they be looking at?
2: I'm going to let Sean answer this one. But, be- <laughs> but before, but before I think I do, he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> but before I do, I do. Sean, do you remember? Let's run down memory lane. That's why. <laughs> do you remember when I did this segment with James Co on Fox 5? The big game and where what to buy for your TV. Do you remember that segment? I don't you shared okay. you shared
0: it with me on the video and i remember yeah that. Yeah. yeah
2: you 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 talk about it sean because i want to hear your thoughts on it because you come from the actual like broadcast side of the house now i do yes i work in television but i'm on the network side of the house right so yeah let's do what sean has oh to
3: boy say. so it depends on how into i mean there's so many choices right it's it's you can go to the store and just you get overwhelmed with all these TVs. Yeah. The TV that Caitlin and I have upstairs is 55 inches. And that's plenty big for our space. Yeah. Right. If we were to mount it on the wall, we could probably go to a 65 or even a 75 if we wanted to go that way. They make them of, of as big as 120 inches now. At you that point, really you swim. might as well go to a projector, which I have in the basement. But yeah. if I were to go and buy a t- send someone to the store and tell them to buy a TV, Man, I'd have to ask him questions like, where are you going to put it? What are you going to watch? What are you going to stream? How big, or, right? yeah. How, big yep. How big is the room?
2: Yeah. How big is the room? I that would say, a huge if, you know,
3: on average, an average TV that I would send somebody to buy would be a 55-inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get away from buying not buying a smart TV, right? So your, your, your big your big smart TV uh, vendors are Samsung, LG, Sony's Vizio. Vizio what about Roku? And uh, Roku TVs a... are okay. Mm. You know, we have they they partnered with TCL uh to do their Roku TVs. Ah. Oh, okay. Um which is what we have. We have the TCL Roku TV 4K. Um and I would say uh the prices of the 4K Ultra HD TVs are coming down in price. Oh yeah. You might spend you might spend a little bit more now and not have a whole lot of access to content, but you can enable 4k hdr content through netflix and i believe disney plus if you and subscribe i
2: subscribe to that tier if, yeah
3: if you subscribe to that tier right uh our tv does 1080p hdr and i will tell you the hdr content looks better than the non-hdr content yeah um but i would make the jump to 4k the 4k tvs the ultra hds um because yeah. anything that's 4K is going to be downsampled if you're so if you're watching it on a 1080p TV, it's going to be downsampled. It's going to look really good anyways, but Yeah. Both stuff is going to get upsampled if you're watching it on a higher bigger TV anyways.
2: If you're watching a 1080p source on a 4K TV, it's going to get upsampled to 4K, not downsampled. It's going to get upsampled. Correct, I'm saying,
3: but if if you're watching 4K content now on a 1080p TV, it gets oh, getting down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, But if you're yeah, watching
3: sure. 720p or you know your local stations in HD—they're getting upsampled
2: to meet yeah. the resolution of your well, TV. That, that's that—that actually, that actually is the point I really wanted to make. Right, what you just said right there is okay. So if you're if you are streaming, let's say you know like you said Netflix or or HBO Max or Paramount Plus, whatever, and they have that 4K content, absolutely you want to get a 4K TV. However, if you're looking to do just over-the-air broadcasts. The majority, the and vast, that means with an that means with an antenna, with an antenna, right? Yeah, the over the air, not cable TV, not satellite. I'm talking over the air antenna. The majority of the TV stations out there are still broadcasting in 720p. With most of them, or uh, they're they're starting to get equal with 720 and 1080. There is no station that is broadcasting in 4K no. yet, because the
3: so, standard doesn't exist. Well, it does. ATS, with ATSC ATS 3.0 exists. It's just it's not anywhere. it's not anywhere
2: yet. Uh, I disagree, actually, because I've been dealing with that directly. We are we are very, very close to having ATSC three. I mean, it's already rolled out. Yeah, but when you say close,
0: you're talking like three four years, aren't you? I mean, you're not Try talking months. It. You you really think so? Try months, because eh, I've always been told it's going to be a few no. years down the line.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, if for the majority, you're going to have a couple stations that already have their gear. I mean, we we have a lot of our stations already rolled out with the ATSC3 equipment. Now, they don't broadcast in 4K yet, but it's coming down the line very, very soon. We have everything in the works. We have everything laid out. It's just not been, the uh, per se, the, the switch hasn't been thrown. Okay, so it's there. It's ready to go with just a bit more fine-tuning. However, like I said, your most of your stuff is going to be 720 or 1080p for over-the-air. Even with cable television, the majority of your channels are going to be 1080p. Very few are going to be 4K, but you're buying a TV for the future, right? Wait. You're buying a TV that's going to last you 5 or 10 years, hopefully. Go with the 4K. Hell, if you got the money, go with the 8K. Oh, I because don't know. That's overkill, isn't it? If you got the money, yeah. But if you don't, I'd say just go with the 4K TV. The 4K TV is
3: a solid mid. It, it, you're not going to break the bank, but you're going to spend a little bit more money. Well, you're going to you can't you're gonna even get really a,
2: find a 1080p TV anymore. Yeah, you can. I've well, seen a lot. No, of
3: well, them. you got to remember that yeah. Ultra HD does not necessarily mean 4K either. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because you have it's you know your basic resolutions are your 720p, your 1080p your whatever 2k is i can't remember 1440 or just a little bit higher than that and then your 2390 or whatever the 4k uh, resolution is
2: 3960 something like that anyway yeah it's, yeah yeah i think the most important things to think about is not the resolution like you said 4k 1080p 720 you mentioned it earlier sean hdr hdr is huge if you can get a tv with hdr that's great. If you can and also for those
3: for those of you who don't know what HDR stands for, it all it means is high dynamic range, meaning the quality of the pixels has been enhanced. Yeah, colors and are it, brighter. It, colors better, are better. Yeah, so blacks and, and are darker. High, high dynamic range just means there's a larger contrast ratio. So when you see these well, numbers like one million to one contrast ratio,
2: or you know
3: those high contrast ratios, you know that's they're Trying to fool you it's into thinking fluff. that this is HDR, it's but
2: it's it's fluff. Um, But what Andy just said right there, blacks are darker. No, not no? with HDR. That's where you talk about OLED versus QLED versus LED. Right? LED would be the cheapest of the bunch. It's just it's just backlit with LED. QLED is is I think it's a Samsung or I think it's a Samsung uh, proprietary thing, but it basically mimics. OLED, now OLED stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode, and that is the truest of the true blacks, like these little pixels can actually emanate light themselves, they don't need to be backlit with anything, versus QLED, LED, plasma, whatever, LCD, they all have to have a backlight, OLED is the best of the best, however, it's also the most expensive, QLED is what I got, so I got a I got a 4K QLED uh, HDR 75 inch TV in the basement. It's great, it's it's an amazing TV. I got upstairs a 4K HDR uh, 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 QLED another TV upstairs, and that's also great. But honestly, that's where it's at. It's QLED for the price point, OLED for the quality. Now, uh, in our
0: our TV room, we have uh, we did the the like Sean recommended, fifty five. So Uh got a fifty five inch. It's Sony. We got a good deal on it. We like it, Um, but I do notice that if we were sitting any closer, it would I think not be a great experience. So remember to have that depth from the the bigger screen. The screen, the the longer the little further
2: away you need to be exactly yeah you don't want to have a 75 inch tv in in a room where you're going to be sitting six feet away from it that mm-hmm. like, that's going to be overkill like and you're going to hurt your eyes yeah so so for me eye like, fatigue yeah, yeah. you're going to eye fatigue i've got the 75 inch but i'm sitting 12 feet away right so yeah that's better so yes room size does absolutely play a part so let's talk about the next fixing point for tvs
3: refresh rate most standard tvs come at. 60 hertz refresh. Well, which that's is what yours.
2: broadcast is. Broadcast yes, is broadcast 60 is. hertz.
3: 59.94 to be more. Exactly. But then you jump up to 120, which is double the refresh rate. So what the refresh rate means is it's sampling. You're seeing it 120 cycles per second, 120 times instead of 60. So if something moves very quickly across the screen... You're only like going to see it game. sampled 60 times. If you sample it 120 times, you're going to see a much smoother motion because you're sampling it double the amount of time. Out there right now there are most TVs are either 60 or 120. You might find some that are 144 and even some that are 240. If, if you're getting really up into the high price point, are there are companies that are trying to surpass 360 hertz?
0: Matter of fact, there's a company called Bao Bio. I think it's B O E mm. that is uh, yep. actually coming up with a 500 uh, monitor, and they're even I, I, having an issue with that.
3: Yeah. So I just I just saw that. So that's what I was getting at with the refresh rate. So there's a company you said B O E made in China. They're uh, working on getting a 500 hertz. They have a 500 Hertz prototype out right now today. And this article states that uh, screens right now currently only go as high as 360 Hertz. Yeah. So if you, that you could probably find something that that price rates, but it's probably a prototype or a one-off it's not mainstream. So now,
0: I have seen the two forties in the wild. Those are available that people can go in, you know, to a retailer and, and buy a television. Uh, the thing is that that does add quite a bit to the price point because the picture for action, for sports, you know, is going to be pretty amazing, as far as what it's going to be able to capture. Absolutely.
3: In 2011, Samsung used an oxide LCD to make a 4K gaming monitor that ran 240 hertz.
0: Thinking of the listener right now that is saying, "You know, honey, we've got a little extra money. It's going to be coming in with our tax return. Let's let's go ahead and buy a television." What? All right, that, I'll that's break it down then. So, yeah.
3: 4K Ultra HD, HDR, 120 hertz refresh rate.
0: Bingo. Th- that's going to be a nice price point. Bingo.
3: And then then you can decide if you want to pay more for the QLED or pay a little less for the OLED, right? That's your price point, right? QLED is going to be more expensive, but you're still going to get 4K Ultra HD HDR at 120 but you're going to get a little more truer colors, a little bit better black colors um, than the OLED. So that's also- your kind of your price point. You're looking at spending about 800 to $1,000 probably for a TV in that price range.
2: If I can, if I can also just offer one other piece of advice, yeah, go ahead. if you're looking for a TV remember, this is going to be something that is going to be with you for years, hopefully and you are going hopefully years, I'm talking five to 10 years, and you are going to be watching this TV most likely every day for two to six to eight hours, right? <laughs> Don't get the cheapest thing you can find, yeah. because if you do, you will be replacing your TV every two years. If yeah. you can afford it, get the most expensive brand and the expensive model you can afford, and that will last you a long time. But i telling you from experience, I had a, a, a store model that was already burnt in for thousands of hours because it was a store model, and that lasted me about two years, and it was done. It was a 70-inch TV. It was done. Whoa. Then I had a Vizio. I've had three different Vizios that I bought that... You use them three to four to five hours a day or so. And though those all last me about two years. I do I like Sony. I like Sony as a brand, but I have Sony's great. I've had good experience with LG but, too. But LG, yeah, for the most part. But I obviously not a store model, the one that was been on, you know, been turned on for twelve hours a day for the past you know, yeah, eight months to a year. Anyway, so this what I got is I've got uh two Samsungs. I've got a Samsung upstairs and a Samsung downstairs. The Samsung downstairs I told you was a seven, 75 inch four K Ultra HD, you know all that jazz HDR. That cost me twenty-nine hundred dollars. The one upstairs is a sixty-five inch four K HDR Ultra HD. That one cost me a little over a thousand.
0: All right, so I got to say this. You know, you're talking about a TV being with you for years. Do you remember? Do you remember when you were a kid, Justin Sean, that RCA television? That big RC was, Oh yeah. Well, it was a 27-inch television. Yep. You never got rid of it mm-hmm. because nobody could move it. <laughs> That's why. My grandparents then, had one. You would get another TV and put it on top of that one.
3: <laughs> or you your, the people that you had the screen. larger
0: rear projection TVs. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh Those gosh. things. Yeah. You see them once in a while at the side of the road. People remember, just say, "I'm done with this,"
2: and they push it out the back of a truck. Remember, remember all Burt Lee there. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, Andy? yeah. good old broadcaster Bert Lee. Yeah, he had like a he had like a fifty-five inch uh, you know, square rear projection, you know, RGB television in his upstairs of his of his town home that he had. Yep. And he wanted to get rid of it. And I was like, Well, you're gonna have to push this thing out a window because there's no way this is going. I'm not taking you don't pay me enough to move this thing down the stairs by myself. No, sir. Oh no.
0: And you will find the TVs now that you're gonna buy even the ones, you know, that that Sean and, and Justin were talking about really are, are really light. Really lightweight. They're great for hanging. You can find oh, yeah. kits for doing it. All right, before we we go to break, we gotta gotta talk about this this Wordle thing. So last week in uh-huh. the show, we talked about Wordle and just how it came out of nowhere, became this huge sensation. And who would have thunk in this past week, Josh Wardle got Wordle got a um yep. got an offer yep. to sell it? Yep. Wait, no, his he- name
2: is Josh Wardle.
0: He sold Wordle. He sold yeah, it to Wardle, the New York Wordle.
2: Wordle is his name. Yeah. Wordle is the game.
0: And we've we've invited him on the show, but he did not respond to our request. Uh, either way, and I don't I don't think he's responding to anybody's request right now. He has uh, banked himself seven figures in a deal with the New York Times. Now the big question yep. is, are they going to pull the life out of it? Because honestly, let's face it, right? It's been free, no ads. It's been fun. Now it's going to be on the New York Times website.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's yeah. When the New York Times said it's going to remain free for now, mm-hmm. that could also mean next week with it's a subscription. Be monetized. Free yeah. for now with yeah, a subscription. Yeah, but you got to
3: remember, like the New York Times is known for their puzzles and word games and things like that. True. So of course True. they're not going to want that kind of competition because they know they can get more eyeballs with a global much larger audience. So
2: yeah, yeah. But are they going to require you to have a subscription to be able to play it? Because I don't know. Can you play the New York Times Daily Crossword Puzzle for free? Or do you have to have a a, a subscription? Or do you have to watch a thousand ads? It's not one of my go-to sources. You had to pay for the
3: newspaper before to do it.
2: Can't you do it on the web? Because that's how Wordle is.
0: I bet you you can't. I bet you that's why I said they can make it for free. Probably the portal that will point to the New York Times website. That's what I'm thinking.
3: Subscribe to the New York Times to do the crossword. <laughs> yep, there we go. So play it while get you unlimited can. Unlimited access to the crossword and more.
2: Play it while you can. Have some fun. Yep, you need a subscription to access this puzzle. Well, yeah. Well, guys, I can call it right now. It was fun. But Wordle <laughs> is dead.
0: Somebody else have to come up with a good one. All right, we get to take a break. Coming up a little later on in the show, Steve Greenberg, the Innovation Insider. Uh, The guy who put the book out about gadgets, Uh, you see him all the time with the Today Show going on there and showing off, you know, the cool technology, the cool gadgets. And he does other TV newscasts and talk shows around the country showing some of this cool stuff. He's a friend of the show. I've done segments with him out of CES. So, again, he'll be on the show. Also, Steambox is a brand-new product, brand-new invention. You want to take your lunch to work in style, you definitely want to be in for this. And then we've got a great website of the week all coming up.
2: I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web, techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio.
0: You know, at this year's CES, there were so many cool products that were shown. You know, one of them that really caught my eye was a product that we could use in our everyday life. And we've been talking about more and more technology being introduced into the home, into the kitchen. But this is one that can be combined as well as taking it to work. And it's called Steambox. And I have with, the, with us on the phone line, uh, the CEO of the company, Ahmet Jara, to tell us a little bit about Steambox and what it's all about. Ahmet, thank you for coming on the show.
4: Well, thank you for welcoming me, Andy. Thank you. Uh, now, tell
0: us a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, into this development of this really
4: cool product. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Ahmet Jora from the Netherlands, uh, co-founder and CEO at Steambox. And Steambox is a self-heating lunchbox. So as the name already implies, it enables you to enjoy hot food anywhere at any time.
0: Which is amazing because, you know, with the technology we have currently with the microwave, I mean, uh, you know, it's easy to go to work and just pop something into the microwave. But people have always told me when you do that and you've spent so much time on a meal, it can really kind of take away some of the flavor of the food. Steambox does it in a completely different way with
4: this technology. Exactly. And that's exactly one of the reasons why we came up with this idea and this product so steam box as the name already implies actually steams your food so no radiation or direct heating but it uses steam and the thing with steam is is that it's not only much better tasting than microwave meal which often tends to get dry you overcook stuff very quickly it's also much healthier than you as you preserve a lot of the nutrients that's in your food
0: where was that i have to ask for you uh, where was that aha moment you know that moment when you decided that you know this
4: really could work and this would be something consumers would really enjoy yeah it's a great question so uh i used to have and still have a uh, very active lifestyle always on the go um i was studying at the time at university here in Rotterdam. um i was working part-time uh, going to the gym five six times a week so i was always struggling with the right types of food to eat right i wanted to eat healthy but also tasty uh, my parents are of Indian descent, so uh, eating hot and tasty food, uh, which is uh, and also healthy food, has been uh, like a staple in all of my diets I've followed over the years. But throughout this on the go struggle, I was always facing three main issues. One of them you just addressed was the annoyance of microwaves when you could find one in the first place. Always looking for one, and when I find one, they were either gross because other mm-hmm. people use them, and the food ex- explodes in there, and, and you know how they look like long waiting lines. It was either that or having to face unhealthy takeout food, especially at uh, in the city center or just outside of the city center uh, at the university campus um, and vastly uh, expensive takeout food. It ended up costing me a lot of money to keep buying food every day, the uh, yeah. right types of food I needed to eat. And there was this one very, uh, it wasn't actually an aha. It was more a moment of extreme frustration <laughs> where I thought, I'm so sick of it. I just want to solve it right now, and that's
0: where the idea was born. It's it's funny because uh, I am of Indian descent as well, and you know sometimes, you? yeah. When I I'll take you know my biryani or my you know my my madras <laughs> into work, and if I pop it in the microwave, I, I love it. But everybody gets <laughs> mad at me now yeah. with with Steambox. Uh, I have the possibility of making a really good curry at home, taking it to work. And not, you know, having that smell go all through the building, keeping it within my, you know, my office or my studio here, uh, and I th- everybody would be happy. Plus, it, it's going to taste better because I, I don't. After I've put that stuff in the microwave, I, I noticed it does kind of zap some of the flavor. It, you know, the rice never comes out rice right. uh, in this way. I'm going to get a really cool, cool, you know, result of that. Now, I have to ask. Uh, so, I mean, how how does the product actually work? You tell people steam box. This is what it does. I was really excited when I saw it. I was showing the video to everybody. But can you explain to
4: our listeners how this works? Absolutely. And um, also, feel free to check out the video. It's of course better for visualization. But the, in in gen, uh, in basic terms, it's uh, it's a lunchbox. Uh, the same proportions and sizes as you're used to. Um, the only difference is that it has two parts. So there's this outer box, so to say. And you have this inner container, and this inner container is something made of stainless steel, uh, which you can take out. So the cool thing, one of the coolest features, uh, according to me, is that you can take it out, throw it in a dishwasher, uh, and then insert a new one. Or if you have a long day ahead of you, you can actually bring multiple meals and just eat them up one by one throughout the day. So the idea is that you put your food in in the food container, you close the product, and then you take it with you. In the product, you also have like a small water container Uh, because it steams your food. You have to add a little bit of water. So it's like less than a cup size. Um, When you're at your destination, on the go, traveling, hiking, wherever you are, and you're starting to get hungry, you simply take off the lid, pour in the water underneath the container uh, for a designated spot where you put the water on, on a heating element, and then you close the lid and you turn it on. So you can turn it on through two ways. You can do it through the awesome interface that we have, like a touch interface we have on the, on the device itself, or use the app that we also have. There you can actually set the time you want on the minute. So on the device that will be in frequencies of five minutes, so 5, 10, 15, 20, or 25. And in the app, you can set the exact time. Now, when you initiate the heating process, it starts heating up the water, starts boiling, and creates a steaming effect. And the steaming actually heats up the meal. Plus, the food container itself gets very hot. So, within twelve to fifteen minutes max, depending on the type of meal you have and the portion size, you have like a very, very hot and nutritious meal anywhere, anytime. Wow, that's amazing! Now, I'm sure a lot of testing had to go into
0: this from the initial, you know, the concept where you said, okay, how could we make this work? You may have tried some different things. What were some of the comments that you got from some of those product testing, uh, product testers, or, or even yourself that said, okay, this is really why this product is going to be so popular in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. It's a
4: great question. And yes, we have done a lot of testing ourselves uh, and with other people, lots of different types of people and food. Um, so the nice thing is it's very diverse in terms of the empathy types of food you can put in everything, you would basically put in a steam oven or reheat in your pan, you could actually insert in steam box. So we have a vision and we see that vision, in basically everybody that talks about, it, we recognize that vision again. And that vision is called freedom of food, the ability to enjoy any type of food anywhere, anytime. That's the number one thing we always get back. It gives people freedom. They can take charge over their diet they can take charge of their day in terms of their agenda, their timing, and they're in full control of what they eat, when, where. So that's the number one thing we always get back.
0: You know what I love about this too? I mean, this is really, when you think about it, it gives the people, like you said, you know, choices for those that want to eat healthier, that you're not buying something that's that's loaded with tons of, you know, uh, I don't want to say chemicals, but, but honestly, let's face it. You know, when you buy a, a TV dinner and you pop it in the microwave with this, you can meal prep at home, and a lot of people are doing that now, and actually plan a really healthy, delicious meal.
4: Absolutely, and I'm glad that you t- touched upon that. So also think about people that are vegan, for instance, who often have like very limited choice of food. They can eat only specific types of uh, non-animal-based uh, types of food. But also something we discovered actually only after we launched our product and after we got feedback, is uh, a market for parents or i should say for kids a lot of parents um are worried about their kids eating good stuff at food right, or at school yeah um, they're afraid that like, hey i want my kid to eat healthy and i want uh, him or her to eat good types of food so actually about a fifth of all our orders so far are actually from parents something we never thought about in the first place we were purely selfishly thinking about ourselves like hey i would love this but never thinking about other markets until we got this as feedback
0: you know this is a great way to build the product as well you know if a kid is taking this to school or even grown up maybe taking it to college classes people can look oh, over and go what is that and then you know, when they realize just how cool it is and how different it is it's something that they they may want to try themselves and be able to pass the the word along. I am certain that crowdfunding, uh, and I do believe you did d- do some crowdfunding on this to kind of get it to you know to to market and get it to to be completed. um how how much did that play a part in the development of Steambox?
4: Yeah, the crowdfunding is really the way we got started and where we after crowdfunding, we really had this final confirmation like yes, people love what we did and what we created. So we launched on Kickstarter uh, one of the biggest crowdfunding platforms out there yeah um, and uh, we did a, uh, a campaign on Indiegogo, ended up raising our uh, required funding within the first 24 hours so within 24 hours we had raised the amount that we were looking for oh, and wow. we ended up yeah and we ended up raising over two hundred thousand dollars through our crowdfunding campaign so significant amount of people that are interested all over the world we have people that order from us uh steam boxes from us from over 54 different countries all across the globe
0: oh yeah it's it's amazing now one of the things that i think would be fun with this is the ability to really come up with some recipes You, you get an idea you go well, oh, I want to I have this today. I want to have chili verde. Or I want to make, you know, uh, vindaloo. I want to take that. Is there going to be like um, maybe some recipe ideas or are people already starting to share those like in social media? Very happy you touched upon
4: that as well. So in our app, the main function is to control Steambox, of course. But we also have a recipe section. So... We will be providing an X amount of recipes from the go, just some creative stuff. We're going to do some stuff ourselves. We're working with chefs. The cool thing about crowdfunding is, is that you have like a group of people not only investing in your product, but also being vested in your product and your company, willing to help you provide feedback. Together with these people, we're going to build the recipe platform on our app. And the nice thing is we're going to uh, integrate all that feedback and constantly update the recipe section on our app and just keep on adding the best recipes that are uh, best for Steambox.
0: I could see people taking this on social media and yeah. sharing some of the videos of, that they've created themselves. Now, I've got to say that the video that you created uh, that really shows the product is so well done. I've seen product videos where it's somebody holding up the product and saying this is what it does, but you really give a great, a really great view of what this product is capable of. Um, Now, where can our listeners actually see the
4: product and how it actually works? Yeah, so the best place for that will be our website, which is www.steam-box.com, which is our website. Uh, All the information is listed there. You can place an order uh, and everything uh, if you want to reach out to us as well.
0: Now, has there been the discussion of this being a product that we would find in retail? Are you finding really the best place for it is to be direct by going to the website and ordering it? And, and, and is that how listeners could purchase
4: it? Yes, for now, that's that's the only way. Um, even though I can teach you a little bit saying that we are talking to quite some big retailers um, uh, in the U.S. as well. Uh, where we are interested in placing our products because we do want to give people the opportunity to still touch, feel it, uh, hold it in their hands before they can uh, make a purchase for it. Um, but that will be in the near future. But for now, it's only our website, yes.
0: Now, uh, you were at CES this year, You had a lot of people coming around, taking a look, checking it out. Uh, and a lot of these people are in the tech world that have different products. Were a lot of them looking at the product thinking, hey, I want this for the office?
4: Yes, yes. It's so funny always. This was their second time actually at CES and I always love to go there. Um, You get these types of reactions from all places you wouldn't expect them. So people that are there for their own company, just walking by your stand on their way to their own stand and just stopping by and saying, I love this. I'm here to sell my own products, but I want yours and I buy one. And then they just order one right on the spot. So I, I always love that.
0: That is so cool. Now, once again, if you don't mind, give us that website address. Absolutely. So that will be www.steam-box.com. All right. Now, our listeners, you get them. I want to see what you're creating with them, so make sure you send me you know, photos, video, all of that stuff. We'll keep an eye. Now, uh, do you have a social media presence on Instagram or Facebook as well?
4: Yes, absolutely, on both of them. So that will be steambox.official on both platforms. Very cool. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much.
0: And you. You made, you. A, you made you, a great product. I can't wait to start cooking up my curries in there as well. <laughs> I can truly imagine, and your colleagues too. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with more. Uh, Tech Talk Radio.
4: Now, back to Tech Talk Radio.
0: And a friend of the show. We love talking with Steve Greenberg. Now, Steve is a, a tech and gadget reporter, author of a book that we, you know, we've talked to him about this on the show before. Gadget Nation, A Journey Through the Eccentric World of Invention. Great book. You can still pick it up. Gadget Guy, for you've seen him on the Today Show and doing other TV newscasts and and talk shows around the country. And he's host of YouTube's brand-new gadget game show, What the Heck is That? We've done segments with Steve from uh, CES in Las Vegas, and great to have him on the show. Steve, thanks for coming on.
1: It's really a pleasure, Andy. So terrific to be back on your show, and uh, nice introduction. I appreciate it. Well,
0: thank you, man. You know, so tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners who don't know? How did you get involved in actually covering tech?
1: Well, I mean, I started as a uh, news reporter. I was a on-camera reporter in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, doing health and science. Yeah. And I did that for a number of years, and I moved to Miami doing the same thing for CBS. And then I really got tired of doing news, and I ended up doing a couple of different kinds of jobs. One for Home and Garden Television, and then ultimately one for uh, Discovery Channel and a show called Your New House, and my segment was called Check This Out, which was really just about gadgets. And I found it was a great niche. I thought it was it was fun for me. I love doing show and tell television. And it was a, a good fit. So I, I really wanted to do a TV show called Gadget Nation. I pitched the idea to a bunch of folks. Nobody took it. Yeah. Someone suggested I write the book. That's how the book happened. And kind of the rest is history. Today Show took me on as a because of the book and they kept having me back on to do gadgets.
0: Well, your book, The Gadget Nation, really took on the entrepreneurial spirit with so many different gadgets, so many devices to really impact our lives featured throughout the book. What was kind of your decision and what made it into the book?
1: You, you look, everybody has an idea, it seems like. And every third or fourth person actually tries to bring that idea to the marketplace. And my book, Gadget Nation, really looked at mom and pop garage inventors so I wasn't looking to see what LG or Sony was coming up with. I was really looking to see what, you know, your brother-in-law uh, or that a teacher at the other end of town had come up with. And that's what Gadget Nation was all about—all about this this entrepreneurial spirit that's inside of America to come up with the next great idea and to bring it to marketplace. So. And that's kind of been my call. That's been my wheelhouse ever since. I like those, those are the products I like to focus on. So I'm not really a tech guy in the sense that I have to showcase things that have, you know, a battery or plug in or have, you know, some software. A lot of what I showcase are just clever gadgets that are something you find in the kitchen or whatnot, which again is a mom and pop kind of invention. But I do the other tech stuff as well, too. But a lot of it is really about that niche in America.
0: Many people don't get a chance to really see some of these re- really cool technological gadgets. They might not have you know, a retailer nearby that sells some of this stuff. So you really bring this out, especially with your segments on the Today Show. You bring this stuff out to say, hey, that could make my life easier, or that's something that maybe the kids would like, or "You know, we could add to our office. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, which makes me wonder, yeah. Steve. Could there be a part two of Gadget Nation?
1: Oh, I mean, certainly there could be a part two of Gadget Nation. I, and I have kind of wrestled with the idea of doing it because it, it's just it's such a lot of work to pull together a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would certainly consider it. I might still do it. Um, I, and actually, during the pandemic, it was like, oh, this I was during lockdown, maybe this is the time to write the book. And that's sort of when I decided to do the game show. So the game show sort of, you know, beat that out. And I spent so much time doing emails and whatnot at my computer to be able to do something when I'm talking to people is way more fun. So the game show, which again, is just another platform to show new products. It's another place to show mom and pop and garage and venture products uh, and and just a different venue for it. So that's, that was the idea behind the game show. And if, if enough people subscribe to it and it continues and I get a sponsor and whatnot, then it will be another real platform to showcase new products.
0: I, you know, I love the idea. Now the show itself is called what the heck is that? And it's kind of a, you would say it's a combination of what shark Tank and and what's my line?
1: Yeah, it is like that because it's it's a panel show, which is very retro. i have I have different panelists every week, and we uh, I'm the host, and we have the four panelists who're asking yes or no questions, like twenty questions to try to figure out what that gadget is. They obviously can see it. They, uh, I give them a hint of some kind, and they have to come up with what it does. And then you at home can be playing along because you're you're trying to guess it with them and you'll see if you're right or not right. Each segment's about maybe twelve minutes long. After twelve minutes you find out if if you're right or the or one of the panelists gets it. And again, not only is it fun for us to do it, hopefully we're we're joking around enough that it's enjoyable to watch, yes. but also you ultimately do find out what the gadget is and you learn about a product that's available for sale that people can actually purchase. So it's just a great platform for for showcasing new
0: products. It's that that concept. Uh, Carlton Cuse came up with the show Lost. You know, I had, had a saying that, you know, it's a, a what's-in-the-box type show, which keeps right. you wanting to watch. It keeps you wanting to see, you know, what what is this mystery? And how is this mystery changing my life? And that's exactly what you get with what the heck is that? Because everybody wants to know, what is this thing? What the heck is that? And,
1: and what's fun is if you know what it is, you want to see if the panel gets it. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, you want to find out what it is. Or if you have a guess, you want to see if you're right. So there's a there's enough motivation to stick through from the beginning to the end. I try to find interesting mystery gadgets. For me, it's a blast to do. It's something I want to do. So I'm doing a lot of it for me. And I'm hoping if the show gets some traction and we get a, a significant number of subscribers and viewers that, yeah. that watch the show, that we can take it and... And keep growing it that, that's that's the
0: plan when I first heard about it uh through on your Instagram post I is where I saw it and I thought this is an awesome idea because again it's it's got all the elements of not only showing because you know I do the same thing I go on television and I show gadgets and it's always kind of right. fun but it, it it gives people a chance to really go what is that that is different what is the 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 really kind of coolest gadget that you've kind of shown? On the
1: what the heck is that show? Oh my gosh, that's like tick you know it's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> um, oh my God. I did a product called Foci, which is a little this is a tech product, but it's actually from a very small startup company, but it measures your attention span. And I always have issues with my attention span. So I've used it, and when you stop paying attention, it vibrates and so you go back to what you're doing. And I thought that was a, it's a very clever idea. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the neat, it's little small, it's r- priced really well. So that's one that comes to my mind first, but there are no favorites. You know, yeah. I, I, I love all my gadgets equally. So, uh, I want to make that very clear, but, but, you know, over the years, I've gone to all these trade shows as you have, Andy, you know, you've been to the and yeah. the showstoppers and whatnot, and you're looking over a crowd of people looking at a, uh, you know, a Costco table saying what and they and they're showing something and you're asking yourself what the heck am i looking at what is that and you know you're trying to have listen to what they're saying and figure it out so this is kind of taking that experience uh and putting it into a game show
0: our listeners can see this at gadgetgameshow.com then click on the youtube link there when you pitch the idea to, you know some of your your panelists and and even some of the companies out there that have some really cool stuff are they coming to you, or do you kind of like hear about something? and You, you call them up, and say, Hey, I got this show. This product should be on the show. How does that work?
1: It's a, it's a little bit of both. If I see something that's really kind of a great mystery gadget that's kind of fun, I'll reach out to them. But more times than not, I mean, I, you know, just like I'm sure you have the same thing, Andy, I have so many emails every day, I have so yeah, yeah. many pitches of products that, you know, I, I can you know, almost close my eyes and touch my email and pick something out. The yeah. only thing is it has to be a product that when you look at it, you don't instantly know what it is. You know, some products are, you know, clearly what they are by looking at them. These products have to be mystery gadgets. They have to be, uh, do something clever, solve a problem, be available for sale right now. And yet it's what its function is, is a mystery until you learn what it is.
0: It really is a great time. Cause we are, we are seeing a lot of products that are, um i'm and being a big part of the life uh, where you know it can be for health uh we just interviewed uh yes. the ceo of a company earlier that makes this product called Steambox, which basically steam heats your food and i mean who would have thunk i mean i really you know we're, we're we're getting stuff in our cars now that make driving easier so there's there's so much out there and like you said weeding through it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes but uh, you make it and, a lot of fun.
1: Oh, I, I I hope that the game show is first and foremost fun, and then you know right behind that informative. But I want it it should be an enjoyable twelve minutes that you want to do another twelve minutes afterwards because it's it's it should be fun first and and then informative second. But you know that you know some people ask me what makes a good gadget, and what really makes to me makes a good gadget is something that solves a problem mm-hmm. in in a in a very smooth and painless way i mean you know there's so many problems that we come across and we either walk around them or we you know stumble over them but if there's a gadget that helps you get around it easier get over easier then it's a good gadget so that's sort of how i look at like is this thing really needed is it solving a problem that needs to be solved and that's kind of like how i decide if it's if it's worthy or not
0: worthy How about the the ease factor too because you know i know we we get some of those developers that listen to the show um when it comes to using a product should the average person who has very little technical expertise be able to operate
1: it well i think that's one of the beauties of me is that (laughs) i am the average guy and i can't work anything i mean i am truly uh, you know, if it's not going to work for somebody, it's not going to work for me. So if I can get it to work and it works easily for me, then anybody can work it. So I think that's my, my strength out there is my, uh, my everyman quality. Yeah. So I, I, and I, I'm very proud of it. You know, sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be very technically deficient and, uh, <laughs> I'm proud of that. And I, I, I hang on to it. How
0: often do you get to do the, the today show segment and what is it like putting that together? Do you, still, do you still get nervous, like, when you're going on?
1: No, I, I've never been, you know, I've been doing TV an awfully long time. and yeah. I, I mean, if things don't go well or something is crashing right before we go on, all of a sudden I get that, that stab in the stomach yeah. that I hate. But generally, I'm not nervous about doing the Today Show. Now, the Today Show was in person, live experience up until the, the pandemic. And, now, and so since then, I have yet to go back to the studio because I was on last Friday. And again, it was a take piece. Yeah. And so what they're having me do lately is I've been doing a few segments via Zoom. But most of the time, I literally shoot the segment on my smartphone, my iPhone. Yep. And I, because I came from TV news, uh, I know how to put together a story. So I shoot all the pieces, and the, the B-roll and, and the cutaways and whatnot. I put it all together. I, put, I label it accordingly, put it in Dropbox. They pick it up in Dropbox, they build it, and it goes on television. And it blows my mind that something shot on my phone is running on NBC. But that's exactly what's happened. I've done probably a dozen segments that way now for the past two years. I'm hoping my next segment on the Today Show will be in person in the studio. We've been doing uh,
0: the, the Fox 11 segments we do out here in Tucson We did two years where I was just doing the same thing, shooting it at home and uh, turning it around and sending it to them. Then we said, "Okay, let's do live one week and then recorded the other. So that was good. Then they invited me back and it was like they got a brand new set. They got a new graphic behind me. I was like so excited. I went back for two segments and then the Omicron happened and it was like, "Okay, you're back at home. (laughs) It's
1: like, oh, you tease me. So I got the tease verbally, but never in person. I was just about to go back and do a segment all about cold weather. Mm-hmm. And we had scheduled a date. I was going to come in and do it. Then Omicron happened. They canceled it. Yeah. And it was postponed. And then they said, you know what? Can you pull it together as a tape piece? Huh? And that's, that's what went on last Friday. It's kind of a, you know, you never know what's going to happen next.
0: If you're doing yep. a segment on cold weather, have you ever seen the gloves that you you put on and then they've got like a clear screen that and the gloves are connected and you've got your smartphone in that you stick it into the gloves and then you can still text in the zero degree temperature like you would really want to be outside doing that.
1: I haven't seen them, but I I would love that one. That's a great product. I'm surprised you stumped me. That's a terrific product. I, I had I had like a, a heated sweater that had like you know a battery pack in it. And, nice. Uh, a bunch of things. I also have like a, a a battery for charging your phone. That's also a hand warmer. So it's it's designed and it's also a flashlight. So it's a flashlight, hand warmer, and battery pack for your phone. Very so I had a cool bunch of products. But they were they were all kind of on that ilk.
0: Well, if for all of our listeners that love gadgets, Steve, you, you you're so much fun to watch too. Our listeners got to check it out gadgetgameshow.com. Keep an eye on the Today Show for when you're on. And, again, we're so happy to have you on the show. we got to get you back on a little more often because I remember—
1: Absolutely, we- Andy. I love anytime time you want me on, I'd be happy to do it. Again, as you said, please, your listeners, GadgetGameshow.com. Click on that link to YouTube. You've got—I think I have about uh, 48 uh, episodes up there right now. So, pick
0: and choose
1: and and hopefully have fun. Watch the later ones. They're they're better.
0: Great stuff. I love it. Steve, thank you for coming on again. Uh, We'll talk to you again real soon. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk
1: Radio. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio.
3: Last week, there were some big gaming news for those of you who are gamers or play video games with Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Not to be trumped by Sony getting a purchase in there as well with Sony (laughs) purchasing Bungie. <laughs> uh Bungie, originally the creators of Halo, who then sold to Microsoft, and then it's complicated, but it all makes sense. Everybody bought somebody else. So Sony reached out and bought Bungie for around four billion dollars. So not quite the price point that Activision Blizzard got, but uh four they're billion known for their game Destiny, which is a very popular uh Action RPG, and so that's kind of shaking up the gaming world again. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, how many gaming studios are there going to be under one roof?
2: I think we're under the console wars again.
0: Yeah, because think about it. Wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, Destiny, and uh, Halo both really kind of Microsoft Xbox games. Destiny, not so much. When I Destiny think
3: about Destiny, Destiny's been more of a, a PC, PS4, Xbox kind of cross.
0: Okay, so uh, is, is that yeah? And now you know the FTC is. And we knew this was going to happen. The FTC is going to investigate this whole Microsoft buying Blizzard and all of that. So that's going to be investigated. So who's left?
2: Uh, well, you've got... Independent uh, developers? <laughs> no, not independent. Come on, man. You got Take-Two Interactive, which is the publisher. Yeah. Rockstar is the developer. Dude, whoever ends up... Now, first off, my point of view, Microsoft is the only company that could afford to buy take two interactive which includes then then would buy and end up buying rockstar games Sony does not have the capital they don't have the money Bungie was the only company they could probably afford at the time this was more this to me personally reeked of desperation okay Sony owned the consoles the last generation this generation comes out Sony and Microsoft are going neck at neck and Sony was starting to take the lead but then Microsoft makes this big purchase, and now Sony's like, "Oh God, what are we going to do?" And they went out and bought a, a, a developer because that's what they—that's the only thing they could do. And I think this purchase price versus Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard at what sixty-two billion dollars or sixty-four billion—that's just a drop in the bucket. I didn't t- take two recently do some kind of merger
0: as well. That uh, didn't um... they buy? I thought that they bought bought into something
2: they bought zynga zynga that was it yeah yeah so zynga's a developer and so is rockstar rockstar makes grand theft auto but it'll be under the the
0: take two interactive kind of flagship
2: sure yeah. yeah so so you always hear about take two rockstar you know rockstar makes grand theft auto they make red dead redemption they make a bunch of other games but i think that would be the next logical one whoever can end up buying take two interactive and or rockstar games is going to own the console wars. All
0: right. We are not going to be able to fit in our website of the week uh, this week. So we're going to save it for next week. In the meantime, we're looking for your questions. If you've got a question for us, email us techguys at
2: techtalkradio.com. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time.